Welcome to my Higa podcast, Experience Togetherness, an exclusive podcast in geriatric medicine, geriatric care, geriatric health, healthy aging, and life's simple pleasures. Dear inspirers, dreamers, listeners, carers, discover senior living and celebrate aging with my Higa. We celebrate our elderly and the people behind their smiles. Hello and welcome back to my Hika Experience Togetherness podcast. We are starting off this year's episodes with some very important topics. In case you missed the last one, it was about elderly and AIDS. So feel free to hop on to that one once you finish listening to this one. Now let's get to the chase and welcome my co-host Dr. Purnima. Welcome back to the show Dr. Purnima. Thanks Shruti. Uh welcome to you too. My pleasure is that we're able to talk about aging in a new light this entire month. And let's jump right into this one. Our today's topic is about something that came into our lives recently and has since stayed testing the entire human population. Today we are going to talk about covid and how it has impacted elderly and how to handle it. What would you say about covid-19 Dr. Purnima? Hey Shruti, thank you. Yeah, I had kind of thought about covid, you know, uh, relapsing through mutated forces last January as a public health specialist um as well and feels now like um my thoughts were right. COVID-19 has surely tested us in every possible way not only through our beliefs about ourselves but our healthcare systems public health systems governmental health systems government systems and continues to be the most ranked watched or read news almost for the past 2 years now a microscopic virus with this virulence that can steal everything away from anyone was perhaps a lesson to learn for all our elderly are one of the most vulner- vulnerable and frail populations in the world and with most being fragile with comorbidities it has surely impacted our elderly in many many ways which were unknown previously those impacted by covid-19 are still rec- recovering as covid-19 did affect health in every way sometimes long term by now almost everyone on this planet knows about covid-19 so i would rather not go into what it, it is in detail because everyone already knows it well it's a virus and since the original strain of covid-19 we now have many more strains due to mutations including the latest which is the omicron strain symptoms and signs might be very different for each much milder for some and hence the spectrum is what we are actually seeing covid-19 is a variant of the coronavirus of which many strains have been known for ages the infection starts off with transmission through droplets from a person infected with covid-19 through cough sneeze or breaths the droplets are airborne that's why it's asked to be 
socially distancing for about six feet. And hence the virus attacks the mucous membrane in the throat. Once the host is secured, it starts multiplying rapidly. Soon the infection starts spreading rapidly throughout the human body. The incubation period is usually a couple days to about two weeks. How long do COVID symptoms last? Great question. To answer how long the COVID symptoms last, we have to understand that COVID symptoms can be classified in many ways. Some have no symptoms despite testing for COVID-19. Some have mild illnesses like fever, cough, sore throat, the same malaise, fatigue, headache, body ache, muscle ache, pain, uh, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, anosmia or lack of smell or loss of smell, I must say, and adusia or loss of taste. These may or may not accompany pulmonary or lung symptoms like shortness of breath, difficulty breathing or dyspnea, and abnormal chest images uh, radiographically. As we move towards moderate COVID infection, symptoms of lower resp respiratory tract infection on physical examination or in imaging with an oxygen saturation of more than 94% on room air. Now, severe COVID-19 infections are humans, in humans are whose oxygen saturation is less than 94% on room air. A ratio of less than 300 millimeters of mercury of oxygen uh, respiration per minute, more than 30. Severe COVID-19 infection are humans whose oxygen saturation is less than 94% on room air. A ratio of less than 300 millimeters of mercury of oxygen respiration per minute of more than 30. Lung findings like infiltrates more than half of the lungs on radiologic examination. Critical illness are people who have respiratory failure, septic shock, multiple organ dysfunctions via organ damage due to COVID-19 directly or indirectly. Hence, looking at the above criteria, COVID symptoms will last between a few days, two weeks or months and years to come for some. But the long lasting effects on our elderly are for a lifetime. Elderly symptoms, hence, can last long into the recovery period and post-recovery period. Dr. Purnima, would you say, um, are the elderly more vulnerable to coronavirus disease? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, uh, elderly are more vulnerable to COVID uh, and become very sick from COVID-19 symptoms. Most elderly will recover, but underlying comorbidities, you know, diabetes, maybe lung disease, maybe renal disease, maybe heart disease, can pose a real risk during this infection. Hence, they might need hospitalizations, I mean, more need of hospitalizations, more close monitoring in ICU if need be. Some, most of the older uh, uh, people are on ventilators for breathing, uh, etc. The risk of the infection in our elderly population also increases with age itself directly. And so people over the age of 80, 80, are more prone to get seriously ill very quickly versus someone who is much less um, in age. What can be done to help the elderly during the coronavirus disease pandemic? 
Yeah, uh, there are many ways uh, to help our elderly during the coronavirus disease pandemic. Taking precautionary measures is very, very important, like masking up, social distancing, sanitary practices like washing hands thoroughly uh, for at least a couple minutes, disinfecting surfaces with disinfectants, um, even alcohol is fine or soap and water is fine too. Using a tissue or inside of one's elbow when coughing or sneezing. Um, I must say that washing hands is the most important thing. Taking the COVID vaccine, uh, some, something to remember here is that vaccines may not protect 100%. And especially with elderly who have allergies to any of its components or have low immunity due to underlying diseases or take medications like steroids or anti-cancer drugs or immunosuppressants uh, that may decrease immunity. So COVID-19 vaccine is not for everyone. So please check with your provider uh, kindly. Um, limit in-person uh, interactions with the elderly living in senior living and care, and make sure to follow strict precautions and preventative uh, methods like screening, hygiene, practices, etc. Follow the norm of six feet apart between two people or what we call social distancing because the ability of the droplets to you know, go from one place to the other. Um, avoid uh, touching face, eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands because of you know droplets being deposited uh, because they are in the air. Wash hands as advised and use soap and water versus hand sanitizers. Uh, follow the above with diligence that I just talked about. Um, ask, engage, support our elderly so isolation does not set in. Mental health is important for all. Be creative and uh, communicative and collaborative. Continue to follow pre-COVID routines since routine disturbances can trigger anxiety, discomfort, worsening of dementia, create psychosis, um, etc. in our elderly and even sometimes delirium um, because of their underlying cognitive impairments. Continue to get medical care routinely. So make sure all the elderly are getting their care, uh, vaccinations on time, medication management on time, testing uh, as, as an imbalance can be uh, hazardous. Follow nutrition guide, guidelines too. Food and safety is important. Follow fall precautions um, as before. Uh, safety is always important, safety and security. Offer a space to walk, exercise, get some fresh air. Hope this resonated and continues to with uh, everyone since COVID-19 has not been completely eradicated. Older adults and those who live with, visit, or provide care for them need to take preventive measures to pro protect themselves from getting COVID-19. Um, what are some points that you would like to mention here? Good thought here, Shruti. Yes, elderly and families who live with uh, people um, who are elderly um, or visit or care for them but need to be equally cautious uh, since COVID-19 does not spare anyone. Everyone is at risk. Um, they can take the same precautionary measures uh, like we just discussed about um, a few minutes ago. And here are some more. If the elderly already has an infection, it depends on the setting. 
since many hospitals may not allow family members to come and visit them. Um, hence, you know, communication is disrupted. Um, there is fear. Uh, there is emotions, uh, stress, and belonging, and isolation, and so on. If they are at home, then precautions sh uh, should still be taken. Close monitoring and proper care is strongly recommended. If they do not have an infection, precautions must still be taken even if they live in a home setting or a senior living and care setting. Caregivers have multiple jobs sometimes and precautionary measures are equally necessary not only for themselves, but also for their elderly and family and friends in the community at large because they are continuously interacting in a single day with people with COVID and without COVID. Uh, so we see here that the circle gets wider and wider, essentially including everyone. Prevention includes prompt screening, vaccination, follow-up is needed for symptoms and signs of COVID-19, treatments, etc. So here are some of the points. Um, what are some factors that can make you more likely to get severely ill with COVID-19? As you know, our elderly do not just suffer from COVID-19 infection only once they get infected. Some factors that uh, make one more likely to get severely ill are mostly conditions that our elderly uh, have been predisposed to, have already been diagnosed with, uh, take medications for, or are prone to, uh, like chronic pulmonary or lung conditions, like COPD, a chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, a chronic bronchitis, asthma, bronchiectasis, poor immunity or immunological conditions like AIDS, HIV, TB, or tuberculosis, uh, including being on immunosuppressive drugs uh, post-transplant, like after renal transplant or a hepatic transplant. Uh, long-term use of steroids like prednisone or medications as I just mentioned, uh, diabetes type 2 uh, um, or type 1, a non, uh, that's non-insulin dependent and insulin dependent diabetes. Cardiovascular diseases including stroke, heart failure of any kind, ischemic heart disease, um, people who had been previously uh, prone to or had a heart attack or what we call myocardial ischemia or myocardial infarction, or cardiomyopathy, um, or underlying undiagnosed or diagnosed congenital heart disease, cancers of any kind, on or off chemo, radiation, etc. Ethnicity: African Americans, Hispanics, American Indians, and Alaskan Natives. So you know, some ethnicity are noted to have uh, higher rates of serious infections. Hospitalization rates are higher, recurrent hospitalizations are higher, and even deaths, unfortunately, and um, uh, during uh, even post-hospitalization times. Um, pulmonary embolism or blood clots in the lung, pulmonary uh, hypertension or hypertension of the vessels or blood vessels in the lung, genetic predispositions like cystic fibrosis, which is an absolutely uh, unfortunate condition, um, dementia, 
memory loss of any kind, a cognitive impairment from anything, from alcohol, AIDS, um, renal disease, diabetes, strokes, um, Parkinson's disease, Lewy bodies, um, Alzheimer's, depression of any kind, psychotic disorders like schizophrenia, psychosis, obesity, uh, including sleep apnea, because uh, Pickwickian syndrome uh, is one of uh, a very big risk factor for COVID-19, especially when they get to the stage where their lungs are affected um, pretty bad. So uh, blood diseases like sickle cell anemia, uh, thalassemia, major or minor, and so on. Chronic liver or kidney diseases leading to end-stage renal dialysis, um, Down syndrome. Um, yeah, uh, there are so many. And I think uh, this list can go on and on. Thank you for sharing all those points. Uh Next, uh, my next question would be how to protect yourself and others from getting COVID-19. Protecting oneself and others from getting COVID-19 starts actually with the belief that we are all equally vulnerable. Uh, protecting oneself first through precautions is helpful for uh, we ourselves can be a spreader or even a super spreader. So it's a... Um, behavioral change or what we call a social change um, and as we can recall it comes within the norms of the stages of change uh, a simple hand washing uh, with the, with the soap and water thoroughly is enough to protect in many ways and of course all the ones we mentioned earlier in this podcast are also very very helpful uh, to protect oneself from getting COVID and also others. Vaccination is another great way to do so as well. Um, in the hopes that the vaccination is completed and not uh, partial, like taking just one dose and skipping the second. So that is very critical here. Um, What to do if you are sick or think you were exposed to COVID-19? Yeah, nice question here because um, uh, a lot of uh, pointers here. But if you're sick or think you were exposed to COVID-19, uh, the first thing I would suggest as a physician, take precautions first to yourself so that you can take care of others as well so that you will not go and infect other people. Get tested immediately and don't wait. Um, see your healthcare physician right away for any symptoms you may have. Even if you thought it was just a flu or just a cold or allergies perhaps, get the vaccination when it's due. Um, once you're prescribed something from your physician, uh, you must um, understand that uh, continuing the treatment uh, until the regimen is over is very important uh, because a lot of times incomplete treatment or what we call partial treatment um, can cause the organisms uh, to not respond to the medications later on. 
and can cause barriers um, in future treatments. Follow through and monitor for worsening symptoms. Uh, do not neglect nutrition, sleep, rest, medications, and downtime for oneself. Inform people so you may have less visitors. Take care until you're healed completely. Seek supportive services like home health, home care, um, nurses who can come and care for you. Uh, the above may or may not apply to all elderly. It just depends on where the elderly lives, how old the elderly is, how sick the elderly is, what are the conditions the elderly may have, what medications they take, how long do they have left? Are they end-of-life care? Are they just 70 years old? Uh, so tailoring it specifically to the age and uniquely to each individual person is the key here. What are the few things that one needs to keep in mind when visiting older adults in residential communities? Follow guidelines proposed by senior living and care since they're guided by the government and healthcare officials or departments. Be mindful of following every precautionary measure, social distancing, hand washing, masking, to be a great ally for yourself, others, and your elderly. Uh, do them a favor by you being um, very honest with yourself and careful with yourself. Be resourceful and honest about one's COVID status if need be. So if you're infected, uh, don't visit somebody. Uh, get the vaccination and have your elderly in senior living and care also get vaccinated. Um, respect the protocols for handling of things like laundry, food, medications inside a senior living and care community or home. Uh, lastly, be open to understanding the thought process behind such decisions. Since all elderly are at great risk, as we discussed previously uh, during this episode. Lastly, is there any other information that you would like to share with our listeners? Hey, Shruti. Um, as of nothing uh, much to add, except the fact that one needs to be very careful of the new strains as well. Hoping we are coming to the end of a pandemic very soon and lots of strength to our caregivers, healthcare professionals, who have gone above and beyond and brave storms in caring for elderly the past two years. Cheers to you all. We look forward to words of gratitude for all the people who have served our elderly. From our listeners, keep them coming and keep wishing the elderly and the people who care for the elderly with your gestures, kindness, compassion, and empathy. Thank you so much for sharing all this information and uh, addressing this topic. Um, I'm so glad that we have picked up this topic for today's episode. And as we have discussed that in January, we are picking up all the um, topics which are of major concern. So um, thank you once again. And to all our dear listeners, if you want to discuss any of the topics or answer uh, your questions please get in touch with us on one of our social media platforms and we would certainly create an episode to address those 
you can check out um, our website, www.myhiga.com or www.mmaryihindiahharryyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyyy